we're actually going to be playing this game called The Game That Goes There. And this game was created by the Live Project. And Tess, would you like to explain a little bit about the game? Um, I've heard, I heard it from the, the film, and, and it's very... The second I heard about it, 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 it made me want to play because it has so much significance to mental health and actually just talking about mental health. So, yeah. Yeah, totally. So the game that goes there basically um you know kind of like your podcast happened during covid um we saw how the film was really you know bringing up these difficult conversations and inspiring people to talk um and a lot of like teens and um and young adults approached me and said i want to be involved in some way and so i just was having a lot of conversations and i was asking people you know how do you connect with your friends um and how you know what might be a different way to talk about these really hard subjects and a lot of them said games and i'm a a a lover of games in my house and you know i love cards against humanity and and settlers of Catan, and like i'm all about the games um and and find that you know for my introverted soul that is something that really is great for connecting with other people um so we partnered with this agency called Humanot. They're based out of Chattanooga, Tennessee, and they, um, they're basically their mission statement is like we put good things in people's brains, um, and they just like they're so funny and they are so creative. And we basically gave them the prompt of we want to have a game that helps facilitate uh, conversations around mental health. And so they presented us with five different games. And I brought those five games to this youth advisory board and we kind of had a focus group. I got their opinions. They unanimously chose the game that goes there. So we created this game and we had the help of um, Susan, the therapist on the project and Children's Hospital, who just like the film, you know, helped vet it for us and, and make sure that it is safe. And I've seen just amazing, um, just responses from people in playing the game. Uh, I, I teach theater out here in, in the Philadelphia area, and I brought it to some of my students ages 13 to, to 18, and they freaked out. It was awesome. They just talked so much about their mental health before we even started playing, and, um, and then we played, and they learned things about each other. Um, I played it with my friends and my partner of 10 years, and I learned things about him I didn't know, and it lets you talk in a way that's not clinical or scary. Um, so I'll kind of, I'll show you the box first of all, cause it's awesome. The design is so cool. It's these, it's these monsters um, that everyone seems to really resonate with, you know, like we all have these monsters inside of us. Let's stop being afraid of them and let's talk about them and see why they're there. So what I'm gonna do is instead of guessing, yeah, get ready. Um, <laughs> so instead of guessing, I'm going to roll a dice. Um, I'm going to roll a dice, uh, and that is going to determine which card we pick. So I'm going to pull a card, um, read the prompt, and we can just kind of open dialogue and respond. And then after a few, I might throw in some like creative responses, like, okay, instead of answering the prompt this time, do it in a haiku form or like do it in a doodle. So yeah. So be honest and don't be a jerk, and you only have to go there if you want to. So I'm gonna roll. If I roll a one or a two, 
we pick the kind of going there card. If I roll a three or four, we go with almost going there. Five or six, we're going there. Okay, <laughs> here we go. So much anticipation, six immediately. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we're going, we're going there. there. The, first, the first card, we are going there. First card. I think my body is. I think my body is ever-changing. I think I've, I've had a lot of body image issues myself, um, similar to Liv. Um, and I think for a long time, I, I took my body for granted in just, like, saying my body is just what it looks like and not, like, the amazing things it does for me. Like, it lets me walk around and breathe. And, and so I think my body is, like, ever-changing, and I'm trying to be okay with that and sometimes i'm not sometimes i'm like oh i think my body sucks today but in this moment i think my body is ever changing for me i'm like just looking physically i'm a skinnier guy so for me um like i've been trying to work out more but again this is i i do this for me i think um it's tough because i haven't always done it for me there's definitely been times where I work out to like look a certain way for other people and things like that. But I think I'm at a point now where like I work out and, and uh, change my body in that way because that's what I want to do. Um, the only trouble is because uh, of COVID, it's limited. Um, so okay. it's difficult. But um, regardless, I feel like ahead of me. I have um, some physical goals that I'm going to work towards as soon as um, COVID dies down and as soon as, like, the gyms are more accessible for me. So, yeah, that's where I'm at. My body is all right. Um, and the reason why I say all right is not like, eh, like, oh, it's all right. The reason I'm saying that is because, um, like, similar to Camden, um, like, I'm a pretty skinny guy. I've, uh, like, growing up, a lot of people always called, were like, oh, you're so skinny, skinny boy, and, like, all these different things, right? I, mean, I never really, really, really let it get to me, um, because I understood, it's like, yeah, it's whatever, I, um, like, it's not, it, it's something I can change, but it's, like, not something I want to change, or that I necessarily need to change right now. I, I until, like, recently, I, like, I, I found, like, the, I, I, I wasn't all right with like how I was looking. I let those thoughts like get to me, like those thoughts of, Oh, I'm, you're skinny. And it's like, um, like you have no muscle or something similar to that. And, um, I let those thoughts get to me. Um, and like, I, you know, I was like working out it was crazy, all these like different things just to, um, make me feel, uh, like to, to live up to like what other people were saying for sure. Um, but, I found quite quickly that the motivation to like change wasn't going to stay there unless I was going to do it for myself. Um, and then I found like the importance of doing stuff just for yourself. And this wasn't just like working out and stuff, but like anything. Like I like in the past, like I wasn't able to like, have like motivation, like work out because I was doing it for other people that are telling me, "Oh, you're skinny. Oh, you're um, go work out and stuff like that." But like until I sat down with myself and I and I asked myself why am I doing this and I figured out it's like oh I'm doing this for myself because 
one of the goals that I have is like to run like a marathon or something in the future, um, which uh, and I got to train for that. I want to practice that. I want to put do that, strive for that goal a little bit every single day. Like once I I knew why I was doing it and not why other people were making me do it or or, or influencing my decision to do it, then I finally found like some some peace. So that's why I say my body is all right. I'm happy with my body pretty much. My ego can't handle it when? What I would say is when I feel the lowest in terms of my ego is when I, I don't want to accept that I messed up, knowing that I messed up, and like letting other people down because of it. That's the biggest thing for me. I think overall, like if people were to say, oh, I... I think you should maybe change this or something i'm pretty open into like taking some not not like mean criticism but like i'm open to taking criticism on like how i live my life how i act for my friends and my family and everything but um i feel like when i don't accept it myself um when i like i maybe i made a racist decision or something that um doesn't really align with who i am I feel like in in that moment, um, like my ego just can't deal with it because I'm I just end up feeling really low because I know I should have made another decision. So it has to do with a lot of guilt. Mm, I resonate with that. Yeah, I think my ego can't handle it when I make like really silly mistakes that could have been very easily avoidable. I don't know why that's like, I just like really beat myself up over that. I honestly like, I don't want to go again, but basically I didn't think about that, but that is definitely the same way for me too. It could be an easy way to get something done. And I do like the longest, hardest way that takes me forever. I get so annoyed that I just could have like thought about it more and made a better decision or Mm -hmm. like simple things. my ego can't handle it when i i know i could have done better at something um for for me it's it's like in terms of like creativity and stuff if i or like just work in general it's like if i know i i didn't try my best it it definitely lower it makes it makes me feel like uh why didn't i do that i know like the outcome might have been different a little different if if i actually put in more effort into it or or something different so like i i know like my it's my ego is affected like when i i don't do my best but sometimes i know it's like i it's sometimes i i i have to put in I, I can't do my best all the time so i at some points i understand like okay well i I understand why this certain thing happened because of that. But um, yeah, I, I think that's what I think. <laughs> I, I think we've got some, I think we're, we're a group of very uh, introverted perfectionists is what yes. it sounds like. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely. So for this final round, we are going to respond via doodle. So we're doing uh, almost going there. Ooh, interesting. My best excuse for not hanging out with friends. Go via doodle. My best excuse for not hanging out with friends. 
I'll go. This is my best excuse. (laughs) (laughs) I get so tired. I also get really bad migraines. So, like, if I feel a migraine coming on, I'm like, I just can't do it. I just can't do it. And then, like, a little bowl of ice cream beside me. You know, I gotta have the ice cream. So that's usually what you're doing when when you're not hanging out with friends or yeah. Yeah, I'm like, ah, I'm too tired to hang out, which is such I'm, a silly excuse. Yeah, it's valid when I am really tired, but sometimes I feel like I lean on that. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I can relate to that. For sure. I'm like, am I tired or is it social anxiety? I'm not sure. Yeah. <laughs> I, I guess I can definitely go next. Okay. I think the most common excuse I've always used why I can't uh, hang out with friends is um, I'll show the photo there. That's a uh, family. <laughs> I usually I usually say like, oh, I got family stuff going on. Oh, it's family stuff, which a majority of the time is actually pretty true because uh, I have a big family, so there's always something going on. But I'm, it's not that I'm always a part of it. So, <laughs> so that's usually my my go-to excuse, which is true for the most time. But I love spending time with them, so like, and also my friends, so I, I don't use that excuse very much. <laughs> Dang, those are good. Okay. <laughs> Prepare <laughs> yourselves. This one isn't the best drawing. <laughs> but uh, I don't know if you can see it there, but there's a smiley face. Yes. In, in the bubble, there's um, a calendar and a piece of paper with pencil. Basically, for me, my excuse is always like, I'm busy. I have a lot of work like to get done, which of the mo- the most case is true. But I just get um, overall a lot of anxiety and stress over school assignments and everything. That even if the assignments due in like a week, I'm like, oh shoot, I was just posted. I need to get done. Can't hang out with you guys. <laughs> so I need to work on that. But uh, most of the time, my excuse is yeah, like I have a lot of work, a lot of work to get done, school work, so I can't. Mm. I can definitely relate to that for sure. <laughs> yeah, me too. Well, thank you both for going there with me. Um, <laughs> yeah, you, so, so when you like write down your responses and, and you don't know who it's coming from, it adds this element of like, I don't know, it just adds another element to it. Um, where even if you're playing with like your closest friends or family, you can still learn things that you didn't know. So for sure. Thank you for playing with me. Of course. And Tess, would you like to share where people can find this game? Yes, you can find the game at theliveproject.com. Our first run is sold out. So we are taking pre-orders for our next run, which is going to come out early 2021. All right. So now uh, we're starting to get into uh, 1%. So for any of you that don't know what a 1% is, a 1% is a small action towards a goal. The idea is to break down large goals into manageable parts. so yeah, uh, we have one uh, special 1% uh, today for anyone going through mental health issues or mental health problems. Um, Tess, what do you think would be a good 1%, um, like a place for them to start off? Uh, yeah. I think for anyone struggling with, with their mental health, I think a wonderful goal would be connection. And I think a good 1% for that goal would be finding one person in your circle um, who you know loves and cares about you and, and reaching out to them and, and, um, and telling them that you're struggling in, in however 
wake or however many words you want to use, but just connecting with one person, I think is a great step towards that goal. Yeah, I think my 1%, I think we talked a lot today about um, being in the present moment. Um, and since my day before this was so full of like aimlessly scrolling for no reason, I think my goal is to be more present. So my 1% is to like connect with nature in some way, at least once a day. For my 1%, I have actually something pretty similar to what you just mentioned, Tess. During our conversation about social media, um, I was thinking back to those times of where I, I was, uh, I felt a lot happier because I was able to um, just be in the moment without picking up my phone um, and scrolling or doing something similar to that. So I think my 1% is definitely to um, be in the moment in all situations and also stay off of social media. I think that's the, the key there, staying off of social media for me or when I need to. Um, and by what I'm going to do in order to do that is probably set like those Apple restrictions on, on your iPhones where it restricts your social media. I'll try taking advantage of that and not spending so much time on uh, social media. <laughs> For my 1%, anytime I reach out to someone for anything, whatever that may be, I'm going to make sure that within that conversation, I ask them how they're doing, but how they're doing really. Um, I'm going to make sure that I'm not going to take it, it's fine or it's good as an answer because I'd actually love to know um, how like the people I reach out to, my friends, my family, how they're actually doing. Um, so from now on, I'm going to really try, uh, as, as like any conversation or, or, um, over text or whatever that looks like, I'm going to try to actually reach out and, and get a good, a good sense of how they're really doing. Once again, we want to thank you, Tess, so much for coming on our podcast and having a discussion, uh, with us about mental health, and also suicide awareness and Tess. Would you like to share with our audience where they can find some more of the work or especially the Live Project? Yes. Yeah, you can go to our website at theliveproject.com. Uh, you can learn about the film on there, also the game. Also, we've got T-shirts and sweatshirts um, and some info about some upcoming uh, projects. You can also follow us on Instagram, the underscore live underscore project. Um, and I also wanted to throw out a couple of resources out there. Um, the Suicide Prevention Lifeline is always available 24 hours a day. If you or someone you know is having thoughts of suicide or are in a crisis, you can call that number. Uh, it's 1-800-273-8255. You can also text the crisis text line. Um, you can text the word START to 741741. Um, NAMI is also a wonderful resource. Uh, it stands for National Alliance. Um, for mental illness, and it is a national um, resource, and it has uh, local chapters. So CU has a NAMI chapter, Boulder County has a NAMI chapter, and there are plenty of resources and programs and trainings on there. Uh, and the the Jed Foundation is also another uh, organization I wanted to mention. It specifically um, caters to uh, teens and young adults and the transition from high school to college. Uh, and has a lot of wonderful um, resources. Uh, their Instagram is great, um, especially for, for coping right now during COVID. So I would absolutely go look at the Jed Foundation. 
um, as well as the Trevor Project, which is a great LGBTQIA uh, organization um, for, for LGBTQIA youth uh, who are struggling with their mental health. So those are a couple of resources. And um, thank you both so much for, for having me. This has been awesome. Yeah, thank you so much for being on here. <laughs> yeah, I just want to thank you again. Thank you so much. Um, thank you for providing those um, organizations and groups. Uh, definitely make sure to check that out, um, everyone, if you need. Um, and lastly here, I just want to let everyone know that it's very important to do, do something. Do something. <laughs> All right, guys. I was early. <laughs> <laughs> it's all good.